Welcome to Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Fate. In this show, I am going to help you to build strong spiritual muscles. We are going to get real and talk about real life situations that we go through, but how to not only go through, how to grow through. It's time to get spiritually, to get spiritually, to get spiritually, to get spiritually. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Fate. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. I tell you what, I am overjoyed because this is one powerful show, and I am not just saying that. This is a powerful show, and I'm so excited that you have joined me. Yes, I'm excited that you have joined me for today's show. Today's show, I'm going to be ministering to a live audience. My um, my audience comes from Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia, and this is the church of my two very special people that I love, 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 love dearly. Um, these are my, like my spiritual parents, and I do not use that term loosely. I never use that term. These are two very loving, special, anointed, goodness, anointed and appointed people of God, and we all call them mom and pop. And so my mom and pop invited me to preach to their small group from their church and they are leaders of the small group and so they invited me to this gathering to minister a word to every attendee from their small group and so I was honored and excited to minister this word called restoring your passion and I tell you what if the presence of God does not surround you and abound in you, if the Holy Spirit does not move through this word into you and infuse strength and courage and wisdom and insight and power and strength, I don't know what will. But I'm telling you what, it's not me. It is God through me. And I am so very grateful that my mom and pop love me so much. They are such a blessing to my life. They love God and they love people and they love me and I love them so much. You know, they surprised me. In the very corner, they made a single mother's raffle donation box so that everyone there could donate to the sing supporting single mother's raffle that I'm doing that ends on October 26th. The winners for the raffle will air here on Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Fate. And they made this donation box to support what God has put in my heart to do in my ministry. And let me just tell you something, that is just so beautiful and powerful. So to have all of their support 
was such a great blessing to me. And I cannot tell you how it felt to stand there and minister this word as the spirit of the living God filled that place. I mean, absolutely so powerful our gathering together and everyone left changed and touched by the hand of the almighty God. God's face shine in that place and on each and every one of us and is going to shine in you through this word today. So I'm so grateful to my mom and pop. Mom and pop, if you're listening, I love you so very much. I thank you from the bottom of my heart and I just will continue to pray for you and I know that you will continue to pray for your baby girl. So I thank you so much. God amazes me every day of my life and I fall deeper and deeper in love with him every day. And I'm just so grateful to serve him. And I'm just so grateful to serve people. And so I want you to just listen and receive. The Bible says that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I want you to listen and receive this word that was breathed out of me from the very heart, mind, and mouth of the almighty God about restoring your passion. You all be blessed. Bye-bye. Father, tonight as we come together in the mighty, holy, precious name of Jesus, Lord, thank you that death doesn't have a hold on you. Broken the chains. Yes, yes. You have set us free, oh God. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, tonight I just pray with that freedom that we have in you for our brother Sean, who's laying in a in a in a vegetative state. Lord, that just as that power that raised you from the yes. dead, we speak that life into our brother tonight. That you would enter into that hospital room that you will touch him, Lord, yes. that you will raise him up, yes. and Lord, we just give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. We thank you for your peace that comes upon his family right now. Lord, the peace that passes all understanding, the surpassing peace that our minds cannot even comprehend. We, we speak that peace into our families, heart, and lives and tonight. We speak the confidence and the assurance of the risen Savior that you will raise Sean up, not, not to glorify man, but to glorify our Father in heaven, that praise and honor will be lifted up to your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, right now, I pray and welcome your Holy Spirit here in this house. Holy Spirit, come and, and strip away the cares of this day, the weight, 
the concerns. Yes. Strip away every burden, every care. Lord, let it fall to our feet right now. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that as Michaela brings a, a word to our hearts and lives, that that word will change us for eternity's glory. Mm. So we pray your anointing on her lips. We pray that you would give us anointed ears and hearts to receive the word, the, the, the word from heaven that you will bring through her tonight. We pray your strength and encouragement upon her. Thank you for your renewing presence in this house tonight, oh God, that we can be strong in you. And Lord, we lean our heads on your bosom tonight. And we rest in you, oh God. And Father, all these things, even the things that have not been spoken, we know that you are already aware of them. And you're already answering those Hallelujah. prayers because yes. you're, you're a mighty God. Yes, yes. And we can depend and we can trust in you. So we commit this evening into your mighty hands. And we praise you and we worship you. And we give you all glory and honor because you're worthy of God. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I got this chair. Okay. Okay. Hey, what do you need? We got some water here. I'm just going to have use this right here. Okay, sure. Hopefully it won't slide off. And I got everything I need. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, good evening. Good evening. Good night. The Spirit of God is here. And I'm just so... I get excited to do God's work. I get excited to say God's words. I, I tell God, God, I don't want to just have a word. I want to speak your words when I open my mouth. Mm. Let it be you that proceeds out of my mouth. And so God has given me a word called restoring your passion. And I believe that God is going to do a mighty work in all of us tonight in restoring our passion. Amen. So Pops, you prayed such a beautiful anointed prayer, but I just want to pray over this sure. word. Heavenly Father, right now, oh God, as we gather together, oh God, in your presence, oh God, I bless your holy and incomparable name, oh God. There is no God like you in all the earth. You alone are God. You alone are worthy. Father God, where would any of us be without your grace and your mercy? So Father God, I'm asking that you will breathe this word out of me oh God. Let the rivers of life flow through me and touch everybody here today. Saturate us in your anointing presence oh God. Put your healing hand on us oh God. In every area of our life oh God. I claim healing and I declare that it is so in the mighty name of Jesus oh God. Father God, this whole place, let it be holy ground, oh God, yes, yes, where we are, oh God, everywhere there are feet tread. And I just ask that you will cultivate every seed that is sown in this place, oh God, because increase belongs to Jesus. Yes. Thank you, and so I claim it done now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Restoring your passion is the word that I have for you all tonight. But first, I want to thank mom and pop, because these two people right here, I mean, I could cry. These are these are God's vessels to to be a mother and a father 
at any age, a spiritual mother and father, whether you're young or whether you're old, I get together with these two and we have all, we have church. I mean, we have, we have church, we have revival, we have, we revive each other. And I just want to thank God for them because sometimes we don't get the honor that we should in, in this life, even for people close to us. And so I want to honor you as your spiritual daughter to just thank you both for having me here, but for being obedient. It's because of your obedience that so many people are going to know Christ better. Amen. And so for that, I thank God and I thank you as well. Amen. All right, so restoring your passion is the word that I have for you tonight. And I want to talk about passion. Because one of the simplest definitions of passion that I found that really spoke to my heart was that passion is the fuel in the fire of action. I want you to just begin to meditate on that. Passion is the fuel in the fire of action. In other words, if you want your marriage, if you want your life, if you want your ministry, if you want your relationships, if you want your business to be blessed and be prospered and be have the hand of God and the presence of God on it, then you want to be passionate about whatever it is that you're pursuing. When we are passionate about what we are pursuing, it's similar to a person or an animal that has a ravenous appetite. That's passion. That's pursuing God. When we pursue God with passion, it should be like a person who has a ravenous appetite. And I'm just going to speak for me personally. I'm not a perfect person and nobody in this room is, but we're all serving. We're all imperfectly serving a perfect God. But what I will say and how God has helped me and grown me is he has given me a craving for Christ, a desire to know him better. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. To know God is to have a relationship. That's always an intimate term. And so God gave me this word about passion. And when I began to think about what the Holy Spirit was explaining to me, I began to think about this documentary that I watched. Now, I don't watch much TV anymore, and I used to. But God began to change my cravings. And I watched this documentary on lions. And a known fact about lions is that the lioness does primarily does the hunting and the pride. So there was this documentary about these lions and the lioness had two cubs and they hadn't eaten in a while and so it was time for the lionesses to go out and hunt after dark and while they went out to hunt they ran into a pack of hyenas now it's five lionesses and a pack of hyenas now if you know anything about lions and hyenas a hyena is no match for a lion one-on-one. But you go get the pack of hyenas with one lion, you got a problem on your hands. So the mother lion comes up on these, well, the, all the lionesses, there's five, they come up on these hyenas. 
And the hyenas are, of course, they're mad. And the lions, the lionesses, they see that they're no match for this pack of hyenas. But what they tried to do is they tried to corner a little weak, small one and drag it off. But it didn't work once the pack came. And so what they did was the other lionesses, they relented. They said, we're no match for them. We got to go back. But that one mother lion that had those two cubs at home, I got to feed my babies. Mm -hmm. So she got very bold. And she went and tried to snatch that little weaker lion or that little weaker hyena. And I would love to tell you that she dragged it back to the pride and the cubs ate and all was well. But that's just simply not the case. Mm -hmm. Instead of her babies eating, their babies ate her. Mm -hmm. But I want to get a picture in your head of something. That's pursuing something with passion. That mother lion, she pursued those hyenas because she had a passion. She had a purpose for pursuing them, and she was passionate about what she was pursuing. When we pursue God, first I want to say this. How much more as the body of Christ should we pursue God more than a lioness that's hungry and has to feed her babies. Mm. How much more should we have a ravenous appetite for Christ? That is the type of passion that she had. Mm. I'm going to go into the enemy's camp, which is what we should do, because we're passionate about our purpose. Mm. I'm going in, and I'm taking something that doesn't belong to me. And so I'm here to tell somebody tonight, everybody tonight, that God is a restorer. God can restore your mind. He can restore your marriage. He can restore your finances. He can restore your body. He can restore your relationships. God can restore any broken place in your life. And it's important that we remember that our God is a restorer. Because sometimes we think, That God can, oh, he's that God out there. He can restore that, and he can restore this, and he can restore that person. He did it for Job. But what we should be thinking is, if he did it for Job, then he can do it for me. God shows no partiality. The same love that he had for Job, he has for you and me. And so God wants to get, I believe that God wants to get the body of Christ. Now, I understand we go to different churches, but we are one body in Christ serving one God. And we should have one purpose, to pursue our God wholeheartedly with passion. You just see, that mother lion, she pursued those hyenas with passion because she was desperate. Sometimes God will allow you. He doesn't like to see us suffer, but he will allow you to come to a place of desperation. Because it's in that place of desperation that you realize, I got to eat and I got to be fed. And it can't come from anything of this world. It's got to come from my God. Because if it doesn't come from my God, I won't make it. That's desperation. There is a desperation and passion. But you just have to be hungry enough and you just have to be 
thirsty enough. Matthew, I believe it is Matthew 5 and 6 in the Beatitudes. It says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, in Greek, to hunger and thirst after something means to crave it, to strongly and eagerly desire it, to suffer want. That's passion. When you hunger and thirst after something, God, I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you. That is pursuing God with passion. And so that is what God wants to do in us. He wants to fill us with a passion for Christ. You know, there's a song that I heard. It's a Ty Tribbett song. It's an old song. But he says, I love this song. He says, I can't even tie my shoes. I can't even brush my teeth. I can't even walk my walk, talk my talk. He says, there's no way I can make it without you. That's my heart's cry. Every single day. I can't do anything without you. And don't ever let me be deceived enough to believe that I can. There's no way I'm going to make it without you. That's hungering and thirsting after God with passion. God, every day, in every way, I need you. Every single day. You know what I love about the Psalms? There's a Psalm, Psalm 42, 1 and 2. And the psalmist says, As the deer pants after streams of water, so my soul thirsts for you. Mm. Oh, Jesus. It says, My God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. It's important sometimes that we realize, and we say this, but sometimes we have to remember that we serve the living God. Our God is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. So my soul and thirst longs for the living God. If my God was not alive, then he couldn't do anything for me. But because he is alive, I need to drink living water and eat my daily bread. And Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Mm -hmm. God, feed me you. There's an old song that says, Lord, give me you. Everything else can wait. Mm -hmm. If you pursue God with that kind of passion and determination, what God will do is he will pour out who he is over your life. He will release his presence over every area over your life when you pursue God with passion. Everything else can wait. Just give me you. Help me to prioritize my life and just start saying, everything else can wait. Just give me you. When I hear a word from you and when I'm fed and when I get my my daily bread, and when I get my living water, that's when I can pursue anything else. But first, Lord, give me you. That is pursuing God with passion. 
When Abraham, when Abraham was about to sacrifice his son Isaac, because God had told him to, to test him, he obeyed God, and he was going to sacrifice his son. Now, some of us cannot even imagine, and as holy and spirit-filled and, and godly as we are, somebody might say, God, no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people would say, that's just crazy, if we are honest. But you know why Abraham obeyed God? Because he was passionate for God. When you have a passion for God, your actions are going to be fueled by the fire that is within you for God. Now I'm being led and driven by my passion for God. That's that fuel in the fire of my action. That's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's the reason why I'm here today. It's because I'm passionate about God. The reason why they're doing what they're doing today, mom and pop, is because they're passionate about God. The reason why you're here is because you're passionate about God. But I believe that there are levels and degrees of that passion. And I believe that where God wants to take his church is to the top level of passion. Yes. Somebody ought to give Jesus an indignant praise. Yes. I mean, we should get indignant about David danced out of his clothes. I believe. Now, I'm not asking anybody. <laughs> I'm not asking anybody to dance out of their clothes. But I'm just saying, that's a passion for God. He said, I don't care who's looking at me. You can think whatever you want to think. That's my God. Listen, if you don't know him, then just sit down. But that's my God. I'm going to get indignant about my God. What I want you to know and what I'm saying is, when you have a passion for God, it may seem extreme or strange to some people. They say, who's that Jesus girl? Who's that Jesus man? People crazy. But you know what? We don't have to explain our passion for our God. We just have to let him use us to infect and affect this world. Because that's there is just, when the presence of God is there, when the presence of God is in somebody's life, you know it. Mm-hmm. You know when somebody's faking it. Mm-hmm. And you know when they ain't. And you're like, you ain't got no passion, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, God bless you. But when somebody has a passion for God, then you know it. You know when Moses fled when Moses fled from Egypt, he was 40 years old. When the burning bush incident took place, Moses was 80 years old. Wow. When God sent him back to the children of Israel to deliver them. Why would God want to use an old man? Why did why didn't he use him in the prime of his life when he was in Pharaoh's palace? You know why? Because our God can do anything. Amen. He wanted us to see something. Amen. Your age is not an issue. Amen. I'm God. Amen. I'm God. Amen. We have to receive that. 
that should encourage somebody here today. Amen. 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 It doesn't matter if you're two. My daughter is being used at three years old. And you know what I tell her? You can be used and you will be used. Yes. So let God use you. Amen. We don't want to put a cap on God. God sent him to the children of Israel. And you know why he obeyed at his old age? Because he had a passion for God. He obeyed because he was passionate for God. We should be encouraged by Moses' obedience. Because you continue to obey God. Yes, because we have the reverent fear of God. But you can be a professing, believing Christian and have no real passion for God. No real desire to grow in an intimate relationship. Just want to stay where you are. But God stretches us. Amen. Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was 90 years old when she gave birth to Isaac. Abraham was 100 years old. Being barren her whole life. God said she's going to have a child. She laughed. I believe Isaac. I believe his name means laughter. But that should encourage everybody. If he can bless a 90-year-old lady's womb to give birth to a child that his seed is going to flow through, our God, we, we can't limit God in anything. Yes. Our God can do absolutely everything. Yes. Now, Peter also pursued God with passion. Even after denying Christ. He still pursued God with passion. That should encourage everybody. Yes. Because sometimes, and even if it's in our thoughts, we deny Christ. Mm. We deny him his way. Mm. We could be stuck in a dry place and he's trying to get us out and we deny it. No, I'm not trying to go there. Mm. But you know why Peter pursued him? It's because he was passionate for Christ. Mm. And because he knew him. He didn't just know about him. He knew Christ. My God will forgive me. My God delights in his mercy. And you know what he told Peter? Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we should be encouraged that even when we fall short and we miss the mark, we still want to get back up and pursue our God with passion. Amen. Because he is merciful. Now, Paul pursued God with passion as well. Well, Paul had a passion. Let me start out there. Paul had a passion, but he had a passion for the wrong things. He was passionate about persecuting the church. But when God knocked him down on that Damascus road... To get his attention, won't God knock you down sometimes? Yes. Knock you down a few times. You're like, God, we're not going to get up. <laughs> but when he knocked him down on that Damascus road, <clears throat> it was to get his attention. And that should encourage everybody here today because even if you have a misguided passion, God can turn that around to work for the kingdom. God will take a misguided passion and give you a passion for Christ. And that's exactly what he did with Paul. Mm -hmm. He gave him a passion for Christ. And in return, 
Paul wrote most of the New Testament, yes. did many miracles, signs, and wonders. Mm -hmm. And this is what he did. He fought the good fight. He finished the race. He kept the faith. When you pursue God with passion, you have to know that passion in Christ means that you don't give up. You don't throw in the towel because life has thrown some bad things your way. You take the lemons of life and you make lemonade and praise God and keep it moving. You keep your faith, hope, and trust in God and say, my God has never left me, will never leave me, will never forsake me. And no weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask or think. There is no way I'm turning back now. He's brought me too far to leave me, and I'm not going back. How about that? That's what we have to get up and say to ourselves every day. I don't know one person that's not going through. I, I mean, I can't name one. Everybody is dealing with something. If it's not public, it's a private war. But you know what? God has given us a word of passion. Just keep pursuing me with passion. Don't let the cares and the things of this world drown out your passion for God. You got to let your passion for God rise above the circumstances and the situations of this world. Because as long as we're living, we're gonna have trouble. But our God said, Take heart. I've overcome Amen. Amen. So as long as you got me, you got everything you need. Amen. Yes. Now Jesus, Jesus pursued God with passion, the Father. He pursued him with passion. You don't turn over tables in the temple if you're not passionate about God. Mm -hmm. Because you got people in there buying and selling. And Jesus, he, was, he had a zeal for the house of God. Now, I don't want anybody turning over tables in the church <laughs> if you don't like something. But what Jesus did was he pursued the Father with passion. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he's crying like droplets of blood are coming from his eyes, saying, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But you know what people with passion say? Nevertheless, not my will but thy will be done. When you have a passion for God, that is what, when life throws circumstances your way, that's what you say. Nevertheless, God, I don't like this. Now, God never said you're going to like everything. He didn't say you were going to like everybody. But love everybody. Pray for everybody. But above all, but above all love the Lord your God. With all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. That's pursuing God with passion. Mm -hmm. Lastly, I want to talk about some poisons of your passion. These are some poisons of your passion that you have to know. That these come, like the enemy, to kill, steal, and destroy your passion for Christ. And the first one is the spirit of a sluggard. Now, a sluggard is that lazy spirit. Mm. It's a lethargic spirit. Mm. Low energy for God. Mm. 
no passion for God, no hunger, no thirst, but just God, yeah, God. Mm -hmm. Life throws some situations your way. You may turn to God or you may turn to something else because you say, I ain't got no energy for all this. I, didn't, I used up all my energy for that situation. I got no passion for God right now. I'm angry at God. Sometimes we get angry at God, people of God, and it's, it's okay to admit that. Sometimes we get angry. Why have you allowed this? But that spirit of a slugger leaps on us to try to drown out that passion for Christ. So we need to be aware of that. The second thing is, and I've talked to Pop about this, that spirit of weariness. Mm -hmm. Now that spirit of weariness, it always comes at two critical times in your life. When you're about to break through something, mm -hmm. or when you're already going through everything else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> and it leap on you, yeah. and try to take you all the way down. And it comes from the enemy. Right before you either are about to break through something to get you to lose heart, to get you to lose hope, to get you in a depressive state of mind, to get you confused and filled with anxiety. But it's all coming to kill, steal, and destroy. Yes. You and your passion. So we got to be very careful about that spirit of weariness. You don't want to linger in weariness for too long. Now, at times in our life, yes, we get weary. And we get frustrated. And we get angry. God, why is it this happening? I've been praying for this person. How is it in the world that they are getting worse and I am praying day and night? But you have to know this. Count it all as joy. When the fiery trial comes <clears throat> upon you to test you. Because that spirit of weariness will try to take you out. And it will succeed if you let it. you got to rise above that. And we've got to, as people of God, we've got to learn. And we, we do this and we try but I really feel, God, I feel a strength in this room tonight that God is in, infusing and imparting in all of you that we've got to push and we've got to press through the madness and the things of this world yes. through everything that we're going through, through everything that everybody that we know is going through something. We've got to keep our eyes on the one who is always in full control. The next one is distractions. Distractions will poison your passion. Distractions come, they're tools of the enemy to keep you and to keep your mind on everything else but pursuing God with passion, to keep you out of your word. Then you start getting tired. You know, we do everything else during the day and sometimes we start doing things but when it comes to God, we have such low passion. Now it's 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 nighttime. We can't read our word, or we read. You know, we try to hurry up and read a little bit. You know, you get tired. Then you gotta go. You got other stuff to do. Those distractions come from the enemy to poison your passion. And I'll tell you, when you are distracted all the time, 
what the enemy is trying to do is he's trying to create a fan of Christ and not a follower. And I've talked to you about this. We were, we were um, mm -hmm. fellowshipping about this. God wants followers of Christ, not fans. Mm -hmm. Fans admire Jesus from the sidelines. Oh, yeah, there's Jesus. Oh, I know somebody, Jesus. Mm -hmm. they, they tread his corpse. Mm -hmm. But followers worship Jesus. Mm -hmm. We sit down. We tarry in his presence. Mm -hmm. Lord, I'm not going nowhere. <clears throat> I got to be in your presence or I'm about to lose my mind. Mm -hmm. And I've got to get in your presence because for nothing else but to say thank you, I love you, and I worship you. Yeah. We've got to learn to just get in God's presence just to say thank you, God. I don't want anything. I may need some things. You already know about them. But I'm just here to say thank you, and I love yes. you. I'm just here to bless your name. <clears throat> yes. So that's what those distractions do. The fourth one is pride. Pride is always going to poison your passion because it's in direct contrast to humility. And that's what God desires and requires, is humility. Pride is always going to cause you to be interdependent. Well, I don't need to check with God on that. I don't need to seek God on that. I don't need God's counsel. I don't care what the word says. Now, sometimes, believers, we do this, and I'm just going to be real. We think, I don't need to check with God on that. And sometimes we don't want to know what God thinks because we're trying to do what we're trying to do. <laughs> but that's pride. And Proverbs, it tells us that humility comes before honor. And the Bible tells us that those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. If you want to pursue God with passion, you're going to pursue him with passion by being humble and walking in humility. Number five is idolatry. Idolatry is always going to poison your passion because something of the world has a grip on your heart. And that's the little G God. That's not the big G God. And we have a total misconception of idolatry today. Idolatry is not worshiping, just worshiping carbon images. Idolatry can be anything. You can worship television. You can worship celebrities. You can worship another person. You can worship stuff. Just cars, clothes, money, whatever it is. So when there is idolatry, it's always going to poison your passion. Because there is something else that's gripped your heart. The next one is bitterness. Bitterness is always going to poison your passion. Bitterness is a poison in itself. I mean, bitterness. It's a poison. And it's going to poison your passion because the very root of bitterness is rotten. Bitterness in the soil of your heart is going to spring forth bitter fruit. It's going to spring forth bitter thoughts. And it's going to spring forth bitter relationships. So we want to get every area of resentment, of bitterness out. I say to God, 
I, I say to him, like David said, God, search me. Whatever you find that's not like you, I want to be plucked out of me. I don't want to just go around, just going along to get along. I want to be better. I want to grow. I want to be changed. Our God, it's important that we all remember, our God is still in the changing business. He is still changing people. He's still saving people. He's still delivering people. So if we want to pursue God with passion, then we've got to get that bitter root out. Mm -hmm. Wherever it is, you got to come out and you got to come out today. Amen. The next one is competitive jealousy. Competitive jealousy is going to poison your passion. And I believe we see this a lot in the body of Christ today. It's a seductive spirit, that competitive jealousy. And it's been around since the very beginning of time. Satan was competitive and he was jealous of God. And he wanted to be God. And he got thrown down. So that did not work out too well. We see it with Cain and we see it with Abel. Cain was competitive and he was jealous of his brother Abel. And he killed him. We see it with Jacob and Esau. Jacob wanted the birthright. And he tricked him and he stole it. We don't want any root of competitive jealousy in our heart or in our mind. And you know how it poisons your passion? is because you begin to think that somehow it's like a preference. Like you begin to think that somebody is going to be preferred over you. So what you do is you begin to act in a way. You begin to respond in a way. There may be bitterness that forms. And in return, it poisons your passion for God. All of these things are far from God. They're far from his ways. So we want to get any root of those out so that we can pursue God purely, wholly, with passion. The very last one is fear. Fear is always going to poison your passion. Because wherever there is fear, it's going to contradict faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So fear, fear of failing, fear of what other people think, fear of some type of health crisis, Fear for your loved ones, fearing you're going to die, <laughs> whatever it is. There are all types of fears. Fear will cause your mind to be in prison. Fear is going to poison your passion for God because all you're focused on is your fear. I can't step out. I can't do what you called me to do. I can't talk to those people. You say go where? I'm afraid. What if this happens? What if that happens? We can do that all day long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fear is going to poison your passion. So we don't want any poisons. Now this is not an exhaustive list, but those are the only poisons that I've written down. But there are many, many more. 
But I believe that God is speaking to everyone here tonight. Wherever you are, God wants you to know that he can restore. It has already taken place. Just the seeds that are sown tonight is helping to restore your passion. Amen. So God wants to restore your passion. He wants to give you a fire for Christ. I feel like as the body of Christ, we should long to be on fire for Christ. Lord, don't send me anywhere lukewarm. Let me just stay home if I'm going to be ice cold. Now I say this. Don't come in the presence of God with an ice cold praise and expecting a red hot blessing. You come in, I can't give you nothing, God. I mean, I got this for you. Thank you, Lord. But you say, God, I need, I want, and I got to have everything else but you. But your presence, and that's what we want. We want the presence of God to be manifested. As the body of Christ, God is doing something incredible. He's doing something incredible right now. But you've got to be intimate with him. You've got to seek him with all your heart, and he will reveal it to you. When you get in the presence of God, God wants to talk to you about what's going on in your life and your body and your marriage. God wants to talk to you about what's going on, what ministry he has for you. But my thing, and I ask people this, do you want it? Are you hungry and are you thirsty? Because I'm telling you what, a hungry and a thirsty person, you ever been hungry and thirsty? (laughs) So the deer, as the deer pants after water, you know what he's saying? As that deer needs that water, to quench his thirst and to keep its life, so I need my God. So I depend on my God. That's what we need to have for Christ. So our God is a restorer. And I just want in these last moments, just for everybody to close their eyes, just for a second. And Heavenly Father, I just invite you. I know God speak to us, oh Jesus. I already know that you're here. But I just want everybody to just begin to think As I was ministering this word to you, what is God saying to you? We don't have to be in a church. We are the church. God is at the altar of your heart right now. What is God saying to you about this word that he has spoken through me? This is God's words. What is he saying to you about your passion, about your purpose, about your calling? What is he saying to you about your life? What is he speaking to your heart? What has he spoken to you? Mm. I just want everybody just to begin, just for a few seconds, and I'm going to close, to just allow God to talk to you about restoring you. Our God is a God of restoration. He's restoring right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's restoring you. Marriages are being restored right now. I'm just going to declare and decree. Marriages are being restored right now in the name of Jesus. Children are being restored back to their parents right now in the name of Jesus. Healing is taking place in your body right now in the name of Jesus. Provision is being released to you right now in the name of Jesus. 
I rebuke the attacks of the enemy off your life right now in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over everybody in this place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Your health, your ministry, your marriage, your finances, your children. Release it all right now in the name of Jesus. Don't ever come in the presence of Jesus and not leave it all at the altar. Leave it now in the name of Jesus. You're leaving this place lighter in the name of Jesus. Heaviness lift off of this place right now in every heart and mind in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, blow your wind, oh God. Your fresh you, wind Jesus. in this place on everybody in the Thank name you, of Jesus. Joy is abounding in you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Peace is being imparted to you right now in the name of Jesus. Don't you leave this place and get in your car and let the enemy leap all and heap all of the dust of your circumstance. Thank you. Thank you. God is here right now. Release it today. Why wait till Sunday? When God's presence is here. It is done and it is so. Peace and strength. The joy of the Lord will forever be our strength in the name of Jesus. The weapons may form, but they will never prosper in the name of Jesus. And every tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned in the name of Jesus, is what the word says. It shall be, God shall condemn it, is what he said. I cast down and destroy everything that seeks to cast you down and destroy you in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, I receive it, Jesus. Bless your name, God. I'm done. Bless your name, God. Y'all going out of this room in a blaze. Look out. <laughs>